Hi, I'm Will Roadhouse, and I'm the CEO of Roadhouse International and Compass Group International, and welcome to another episode of The International Investor. Uh, today's episode is really more intended uh, for the international real estate developer developing an expat havens, for an example, like in Latin America, Southeast Asia, or even Southern Europe. Uh, today, I want to talk in depth about some of the trends that we're seeing uh, some of the suggestions that we have uh, for uh, for developers developing in these areas and what they should be looking at as far as a new community or a new type of communities that's really gaining popularity in some of these expat havens. Uh, the first thing is, is that let's kind of take a step back and take a look at what happened uh, during 2007 to 2010. So the infamous real estate crash and financial crash all around the world. And when you look back then, because so many people are quick to forget some bad times, when you look back then, there was a lot of writing on a wall, obviously with these crazy uh, loan programs from one-year arms, three-year arms, five-one arms, uh, NEGAM loans, uh, even loans that were not just uh, based off the uh, the Fed rates, but also LIBOR. Uh, but obviously, a lot of these types of programs put a lot of people underwater. And obviously, also bad appraisers, overvaluating homes. And then people obviously doing a lot of cash out refis, and then obviously the infamous crash. So back then, uh, right after, I would say around 2008, uh, when all of our real estate developers in Central America pretty much went bankrupt and majority of them were western developers uh, american developers coming from the states or even canadian developers that tried their luck in costa rica or in panama or belize and so forth and uh, it was just bad timing uh, they started their projects back in 2006 some even started in 2007 and then when a the crash came no more cash out refis because foreigners can't get loans in countries like Costa Rica or Panama or these other countries. So they have to pay cash. And how they were buying these homes is they were doing cash out refis, either taking out a second or taking out a large HELOC to buy condos and single family residences in these places. So obviously when the bank industry went, uh, went belly up and then homes are overvalued, people underwater, and then obviously going to foreclosure, the first place uh, that people stopped buying were second homes. So my business or our business in Latin America, we saw the writing on a wall before everything really started snowballing and erupting in the States. Our business literally dried up within six months. I mean, to zero. Nobody coming down, nobody buying anything, Is existing contracts. People were walking away from their earnest monies and their deposits uh, because they just couldn't go through with a full purchase. So back then, uh, when our developers came back to us and said, okay, well, what should we do? We can't sell our existing homes. We have a ton of land because some of these developers were expecting to have a five, 10, 15, even 20 year build outs. Some of our developers, we're locking up land that were 500 to 1,000 to 2,000 acres. I mean, they're really looking to build a huge master plan community that is reminiscent to like a Summerlin in Las Vegas or like a, um, 
you know, like you would see in Phoenix or Tucson or even some, you know, some other areas like in the Southwest, like New Mexico or even California. But unfortunately, obviously, this crash came. So what we advised our developers back then, uh, we actually went back to the drawing board. Uh, we looked at uh, market studies that were, a lot of the market studies that these developers were going by were from ARP because these developments were geared towards the future retiree. So our demographics were people between the ages of 50 and 65. And AARP, uh, their market study was way off, completely skewed. The numbers were way overvalued. They were expecting millions and millions of Americans that's going to move down to Latin America and live a happy life. Well, that never happened. That also didn't happen during the heydays in the early 2000s. And the reasons why is baby boomers at that time, which obviously still to this day in 2021 have the largest amount of wealth. And it would be the largest transfer of wealth from the baby boomers to the Gen Xers and eventually Gen Xers to the millennials. But the baby boomers weren't moving because they didn't want to be away from their families. They didn't want to be away from their grandkids. Uh, they were happy uh, living where they are, having their kids live a couple blocks away or 10 minutes away and, and have access to their and see their grandkids on a regular basis. They just didn't want to be away from the family structure. So the ones who were moving were completely empty nesters, small families, and that was few and far between. So when we looked at the ARP, we couldn't market studies and studies like it, we told our developers just to throw it out because their numbers were wrong and they're completely skewed. I said, you have a choice. So my business partner and I said, you have a choice. The choice is, is that obviously it's 2010 because that's kind of 2009, 2010. It's kind of when we started sitting down with our developers in Central America. You have a choice is lower your price and break even and if you don't do that, it's never gonna sell. It's better to break even than to take a loss. Very, very few developers would willing to do that. I would say uh, all the developers we spoke to, it was less than 1%. The rest of them were saying, we will maybe lower our price a little bit, but we are not going to break even. So still to this day, fast forward to 2021, those developers that we spoke to back then still have those existing projects that are unsold. And some projects had, Let's say a couple hundred um, homes for sale and maybe a handful were sold still to this day, over a decade later, still. So they didn't obviously listen to us. Then we told them, this is what you can do with your existing land. And this is what this heart of this episode is going to be. We said, you have all this property, all this raw land, whether it's 50 hectares, 100 hectares, 300 hectares. So that's, you know, a hundred acres to close to a thousand acres. What the U.S. public wants, and it's going to be coming, and we foresee it in the future. They need affordable housing for senior citizens. And developing an active adult community, like you see in Del Webb, some of these retirement communities all over the Southwest and parts of Florida, we actually predicted way back then that that's what our developers should be building. 
small condos that are in that $100,000 range and small homes that are under $200,000 range, just one-story homes, small homes, like a 1,000 square feet, maybe two bedrooms, two baths, or two bedrooms, one bath, something that's easy to maintain. And that is what people want. But they weren't willing to do that. And it's not shocking because when you speak to a developer, especially a foreign developer that comes to, for example, like Latin America, their egos get all pumped up and they had this grand old vision of building uh, something similar that they feel that they can compete against the Four Seasons or the Ritz-Carlton residences or the Manor Orientals of the world. And we always tell them, it's like, if you, unless you have that type of marketing budget, you can never compete with that, that kind of brand. You're never going to be a Four Seasons. That's the truth. Even a project like Los Sueños, which is one of the most successful developments in Costa Rica, uh, just uh, before you get to Hako, uh, you know, Royster, which is the one who developed that, saw the vision back then and built these multi-million dollar homes, built a marina, and he was brilliant for doing that. But he started very, very early. If he would have started late, it wouldn't be as successful as it is today. And I said, well, that's not what people want. People don't want these McMansions anymore. Even today, in 2021, people don't want that. They want to downsize. They want something small, something easy to maintain. And... But it's hard to convince a developer that when all they can think of is luxury condos, half a million, two million dollars, McMansions that are one to five million dollars because they're selling like hotcakes in the four seasons. They think they can compete with that. Uh, But lo and behold, they couldn't. And these projects just stayed empty and they were never sold. So fast forward to today, and based on what we're seeing today, that need is is more popular now than ever. So let me tell you some of the things that changed. So back then, as I recently just said, in 2009-2010, baby boomers weren't moving because they wanted to be close to their grandchildren. Family dynamics were so important, and they just weren't ready to take that plunge. And remember, that's, you know, that's, that's over a decade ago. That's 11 years ago, 11, 12 years ago. And back then, obviously, well, when you look at a decade of internet technology, media, and how it's evolved, where people, through the uses of Facebook and, and YouTube and even podcasts, people feel closer to each other, they feel closer to a destination. It's easier to be educated, uh, to touch and feel something that's virtual. So now, 10 years later, the same exact baby boomers that were ready to move to a place like Latin America or even Southeast Asia, for those that are coming from the UK, from Australia, New Zealand, or even Canada, now they are. And you know what changed? A number of different things. What changed is those grandkids are now old. Those grandkids are now in high school. Some of them are going to college. So they're not those little cutesy little three-year-old, five-year-old, ten-year-old kids like, you know, that needed grandma and grandpa. Now these kids are junior high, high school, college. They have their own lives. Their number one priority is not their family. Their number one priority is having friends and, and being a YouTube influencer or social media influencer that's more important than actually family dynamics 
So now the baby boomers have realized that family, we're not, we're not as close to our grandchildren anymore. And we've accrued over time uh, a lot of equity in our homes because thank God, uh, places like the United States, uh, the equity and the value of these homes came back to almost a prior highs back in 2006 uh, before the crash. So they have a lot of equity in their homes now. And again, just as a side note, for any millennial that's listening to this, because millennials are my number one listening demographic, one of the biggest mistakes that your generation is doing right now is having the mentality and the mindset saying that I want to live a nomadic lifestyle, I don't want to be tied down, and I don't want to buy a home. What you've just done is you've just lost out in a massive amount of appreciation and built up equity if you would have bought a home three, four, five years ago. These are the reasons why, which I'll talk again for the developers that are listening to this, why millennials are not going to be your target demographic. Because unlike baby boomers and Gen Xers that have been spending decades and decades of saving and building equity in their real estate assets, in their equities portfolio, and other businesses, they've spent 10, 20, 30, 40 years in a crude nest egg. Well, your typical millennial, like in the mid-20s to early 30s, they've maybe only had five years, three years for some. They don't have any type of nest egg. They literally live paycheck to paycheck. And they don't have an address because that's kind of the lifestyle that they want. So throughout the idea that you want to market any redevelopments to millennials because they don't have the money they're poor but look back into marketing to baby boomers and the gen xers so the gen, so the baby boomers now ready to move because they're not as close to their grandkids they've now built up a nest nest egg the um, you know we've been seeing this bull market and the equity market so their equity portfolios are doing well so their pensions 401ks uh, their the equity in their home that they lost during the infamous crash now has regained. So now they have lots of equity built up in their homes again. So it's making them feel good. And the same goes with the Gen Xers. I'm a Gen Xer myself. So that's why these two target demographics are now should be back to to your targeted demographics. These are the people you wanna sell homes to. And what type of homes? These individuals don't want the McMansions. They don't want two-story homes. They don't want to buy half million dollar condos or $700,000 condos. They don't want to buy one to five million dollar McMansions. They want something simple. And the vast majority right now love active adult. When you look around, uh, it's not just a trend in the United States. It's kind of a trend all over most Western countries where you see more and more of these 55 plus active adult communities popping up all over. And it's not just communities where you are buying homes, but also apartments that are for lease that are popping up everywhere, 55 and above, and they're charging $3,000 a month, $5,000 a month, and $10,000 a month. And they have a long waiting list of people that want in. So the question you have to ask yourself is, don't you think 
that countries in Latin America have rich people? And don't you think that these influential people that have money also want that same type of lifestyle? They want to be in an active adult community where they're not, they're not living next door to young millennials. Uh, they're living next door in a community of, full of people their age that have the same mindset, uh, that have the same type of life experiences. They want the same exact thing. So the great thing is, is that as a developer, and again, let's give Costa Rica as an example because that's also um, where we started Compass back in 2002. So if you're building an active adult community in Costa Rica, based on our studies, based on our experience, based on our broker network, 50% of your sales is going to come from local Costa Ricans. Shocking, isn't it? Real estate developers, when they're developing overseas in Latin America, they automatically assume that about 90 to 100% of their sales is going to come from up north, Americans and Canadians. But they fail to realize and they neglect the locals in nearby major metropolises, like for example, like San Jose, Costa Rica. There, are, there is a lot of wealth in San Jose, Costa Rica. There's a lot of money there. And these individuals have a lot of cash and liquid wealth. They don't need a loan. They'll pay cash for these homes. So 55 and above, these active adult communities really are few and far between. For an example, there's one developer in Costa Rica that had the foresight to do that, build condos, um, sold out within 30 days and has a huge waiting list. We are actually in a process of working with another developer and building an active adult community in Costa Rica. But like I said, is there is a tremendous need, not just for the local Costa Ricans, but then also this. Remember, there are also affluent and rich people in nearby countries, in countries like in Nicaragua, Guatemala, even down south in Panama or in Belize, Honduras, Colombia, there are rich people in these countries and they also want out of these failing countries and move to a place like Costa Rica where the government is strong, low crime, the economy in Costa Rica is doing well, it's a beautiful country, um, high literacy rate, uh, it has everything that you need as a Latin. So about 25% of your sales can come also from nearby buyers from neighboring countries. Then the remaining 25% and beyond, anything above that is just gravy, will come from North Americans. So people from the United States and people from Canada. So that is the benefit of building an active adult community because the need is there. And what's very interesting is when I look at my analytics, I look at my analytics on a weekly basis for all my social media. And again, my largest demographic are millennials. But millennials are, I would say, less than 10% of our clientele. The millennials that, um, that are 
work that we're working with are crypto millionaires or individuals that are traditional brick and mortar business that have just done very, very well. But it's very few. We have very, very few millennial clients. But the 90% are majority baby boomers and Gen Xers. Even though they are the lowest amount of people that listen and watch our social media. But they're the ones that's buying. They're the ones that's sending us emails saying, we're ready to move to Thailand. We want out. We want to get out of, the, of England. We want to get out of Australia, United States, wherever it may be. They're just ready. Because, as I mentioned, over the last 10 years of the evolution of the internet, as it got, gets better and better, content gets better, and there's more content out there for people to absorb, they're able to educate themselves. So living in a foreign country isn't as scary as it was 10 years ago, back in the early 2000s. Because it is scary to many people. Moving to a foreign country, um, people, they've been there on vacation, but they, you know, kind of fearful of living there. But now, with watching videos on Facebook and and YouTube or even Instagram TV, watching videos even on Twitter, they're like, hey, you know what? That doesn't look too bad. And there are more and more people in their own surroundings, in their own environment that have moved to these cities and these foreign countries are saying, hey, Jim and Joe, uh, Jane and Joe just moved down to Latin America and they're really happy. They're thriving. They're doing well. Or uh, Jane and, and Jim moved to Thailand and they're doing well. So they're having more friends that are also moving overseas and still staying in contact with them via Facebook or Instagram. So they're seeing their pictures. They're basically almost walking a mile in their shoes, living their lives through their social media. Social media has played such a huge influence for potential expats moving overseas. And because of the plethora of social media, people are now comfortable. So Mr. and Mrs. Developer who is out there in an expat haven, if you're... Executive summary calls for a large demographic of your sales to come from millennials, scratch that. It will be less than 10%. And it's not even worth marketing to them because millennials are poor, they don't have any money, and they especially don't have any type of real estate assets because many of them refuse to buy homes so they didn't have the chance to take advantage of that. But they're a very, very small part of the buying demographic. And even the ones that do own homes, but remember this, very few of them actually truly believe in a traditional lifestyle that Gen Xers and baby boomers have lived uh, you know, for decades and decades. Millennials love to move around. They want to be mobile. And I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. And you know, based on market studies and based on research, they're saying that the Gen Zers are, are more leaning towards more the same personality characteristics and traits 
of Gen Xers and baby boomers, but I've still yet to see that. They're still too young to really judge, Are the, is this gonna be a wealthy demographic or is it gonna be a demographic that's similar to their brothers and sisters of the millennial age? So it's just too much of a question mark, too much of an unknown. So just scratch that. What you should be doing is building an active adult, not 55 and above, but 50 and above. You know, I'm, I'm gonna be 50 in a few years. I wanna live in a community like that. My wife and I have talked about that. She's much younger than I am, but she wants to live in a community like that. And you'll be surprised of how many individuals are looking for a community like that, but it's unaffordable. As I say so many times, when you look at some of the retirement destinations in Arizona, Nevada, even Southern Florida, these homes are no longer cheap. These two bedroom, two bath, single story homes, they're starting at $400,000 now. That is not cheap. So if you're able to develop something in that low $200,000 price range, you don't have to have all the bells and whistles. You don't have to have this massive rec center, infinity pools, gorgeous gym, steam room and sauna. You don't need to have all that. What they want is they want affordability. They want a quality built home. They want safety within this community. They want it centrally located so they can hop in their car or walk to nearby restaurants, malls and shopping, whatever it may be. That's all they really want. You know, when I, when I talk about active adult, you know, you don't see, when I visit these active adult communities, you don't see a lot of senior citizens sitting there knocking out freaking weights and doing power cleans and deadlifts. No, that's people like my age and younger. It's few and far between. But what are they doing? They're not really walking on treadmills and riding on bikes too much. They would prefer to be out walking on trails, go biking, go swimming. Just go out and venture off. So if you have a lot of property, if for an example, if you have, let's say 100 hectares, which is about a little over 200, 200 acres, when you, when you build those communities, build walking trails. People of that age demographic love that. And 50 and above, that's the bread and butter. Not 55 and above, 50 and above. Because there are more and more people now because of this bull market and because of the new acquired equity in their home, they're actually looking at early retirement. And they know that they can't live in a place like the United States because they're gonna outlive their money. So that's also a huge number one fear of senior citizens right now is outliving their money and also unexpected healthcare costs and healthcare increases uh, is also their tremendous fear. So they are now looking at these other destinations, but these other destinations doesn't provide anything like a community of like-minded individuals of their age group. They don't want to be, you know, grouped into everyone else. They would prefer to be in a community with their own age group. And if you build it, they will come. Without a doubt, they will come. And we're looking for developers. We're looking for developers that see this vision, that see this huge opportunity for this buying demographic, 
that's basically retiring by the boatloads. Their grandkids are off to school, off having their own lives. Their kids um, also have their own lives. So now grandma and grandpa have nothing to do. Now they don't have any real ties. Now they can move abroad. And they have a lot of money to do that. And the best place to do that, if you're looking at the Americas, is someplace like Costa Rica. Because as I said many times, Costa Ricans are wealthy. 50%, about 50% of your sales will come from the local Costa Ricans around the country, especially that live in San Jose. And then another 25% can come from nearby countries that surround Costa Rica, north and south of Costa Rica. And the other 25% can come from North Americans. Americans, Canadians. That's a easy model. And you can sell that all day long, as long as the price point is right. If you're going to come to a place like Costa Rica and build half a million dollar homes or even condos that are $300,000 plus, they're not going to come because they're not going to spend that much money. But if you can make it in that 200000 that low 200000 range, or condos under 200000 they will come because they are looking. I know this because I talk to these people and they find it very difficult when they are going to active adult living and they're looking at these leases, one-bedroom condos that are costing $3,000 to $10,000 a month or they're, bought, or they're looking at new, like for an example, Dell Web Communities that are starting at $400,000 to $450,000. That's really expensive. So think about that. Uh, we have a number of different landowners in different parts, various parts of Latin America that range from anywhere from 100 acres to thousands of acres uh, that have land for sale and that might be open uh, to a JV partner depending on what type of background you have so what type of completed projects you have so basically your resume they may be open to a JV partnership but do some research and you'll see that I'm right they're coming and the problem is is that nobody's building anything for them to buy so hopefully you can be the first if you have any questions feel free to contact us Compass Group International is a real estate consulting firm based out of Costa Rica and also here in Thailand. And this is what we specialize in. We specialize in working with developers that want to build communities and expat havens. We'll talk to you soon.